Welcome to our sermon podcast here at City of Light Anglican Church. We are a new church in Aurora, Illinois, finding a new day in Jesus. We want to see the light of Jesus rise and shine in our hearts, in our homes, and in our neighborhoods. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Bonnie, and I am so excited to um, be with you this morning, and you all look so good, and you're red. Happy Feast of Pentecost to everybody. Um, So perhaps not surprisingly, this Acts passage that we read this morning has had me thinking about wind all week long. And of course, we have all these different kinds of wind in nature. We have the kind of American dust bowl wind or the hurricane wind that just destroys everything in its path, like um, is described in the novel Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zola Neale Hurston, says the wind came back with triple fury and put out the light for the last time. They sat with their eyes straining against crude walls and their souls asking if God meant to measure their puny might against his. Or you've got Winnie the Pooh and his Wednesday, Wednesday, when he and uh, Piglet are blown around on a rather blustery day. Or then you've got, you know, the gentle breeze, the spring zephyr that shows up in Shakespeare. Um, Or, of course, the transforming wind, like at the end of Beauty and the Beast, when the beast is picked up and swirled around and changed in this cloud of wind, and he is changed from this ugly beast into this blonde man. (laughs) We have all these different ways to describe wind because it's so mysterious. We don't fully understand it. And today is the day when those first disciples experienced firsthand the power of the Holy Spirit and the wind of the Holy Spirit. And as I've been praying and thinking this week about what the Lord wants us to receive today, I just keep hearing these two very simple words, fresh wind. We need a fresh wind, and Holy Spirit wants to give his people, all of us, a fresh wind and a breath of air. So this morning, I'm just going to talk about three different kinds of wind that Holy Spirit longs to give us. And those are the breath of creation, the breath of resurrection, and the breath of of mission, creation, resurrection, and mission. So when Trevor and I were new parents, uh, we did something that every new parent does, I believe, and that is stand over your baby's bassinet and watch them sleep because, I mean, yes, they're so beautiful, of course, but also because you're fairly confident about six times a day that your baby has stopped breathing. And if you can just stand there and watch them all the time, you will ensure that they don't stop breathing. And, you know, 
it's, it's doable to do that, right? You'll just like never, uh, you'll never sleep, you'll just take shifts, you'll never eat, you'll never talk. Like, that's, that's normal, right? Like, we, we all kind of do that. Um, but whether we're a new parent or we are sitting by the bedside of someone who are dying, there is something that we just intrinsically know, and that is that breath equals life. If they just keep breathing, we think everything will be okay. That's what our psalm today says about every living creature. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. And so there's this word that you may have heard before. It shows up all over scripture, and that word is ruach. And the way that it's used can mean a lot of different things. Uh, Even in this psalm, it's used more than one way, but it can mean breath or wind or spirit. But when it's combined with a word for God, like Yahweh or Elohim, It takes on a special meaning. It's talking about the breath of the Holy Spirit. So while every living creature has the ruach of life of God in our lungs, only the Holy Spirit is the Lord, the giver of life, as our creed says. When God created the world, the Spirit was already hovering over the waters And then in this beautiful dance of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, creation is created from nothing. Every living creature receives their breath from the Lord. That Psalm 104 that we read talks so specifically about the creatures that God gives his breath to. The lions, the wild goats, the rock badgers, the sea monster, the leviathan, which God creates in the water, the psalmist says, just so he can play in it. One translation says frolic. The leviathan just frolics in the water. In the love of God and through the Holy Spirit, every creature receives their breath and then is sustained by the breath of God. And then, in the ultimate act of love, God creates man and he creates woman in his image and he breathes his life into Adam. And up from the dust, God's crowning achievement comes. And what is it? Well, it's it's you and it's, it's me. We are born with the breath of God in our lungs And each one of you is here singing and praying and clapping and fully alive because God breathed into you. You know, uh, sometimes I will get to the end of a day and I will just feel like I've been holding my breath since I woke up. Uh, Sometimes literally I feel like I haven't taken a breath But most often that's just mentally or emotionally or spiritually. Um, I am just powering through. 
And I think we can go weeks or months like that. Um, sometimes, I think, most often, it feels like a form of self-protection. It's like we shut off this valve inside of our lungs and inside of our spirit so that nothing can get out and nothing can get in as well. We forget that we are created with the breath of God, the breath of spirit. And even though holding our breath us feels like somehow we're controlling something in our world and our life, the reality is that so very little is in our control. God gives life. He takes it away. In him, we live and we move and we have our being. And how good it is to know that I was created and I, was, and I am being sustained not by my own control or my own striving or my own clenching, but by the God who breathed life into me, into my lungs, and called me very good. Perhaps you have felt that way. Perhaps you come in this morning and you feel like you've been holding your breath all week with everything that's happening in our in our nation and in our world. So I just want to do a little practice. Uh, I want all of us to kind of do this together, uh, just to remember that we have the breath of God in our lungs and he gives us each breath. Um, so if you would be open to this, it's not weird, I promise. I, I'm, a, I'm an introvert, so whenever I go, like whenever I'm in an audience and people on stage ask me to do something weird, I'm like very uncomfortable. So it's just a very small thing. I just want us all to take a fresh breath of air together, to just do this in a physical, embodied way. So if you feel comfortable, maybe just put your hands on your chest like this, and we're just going to take a deep breath. And as we do, we're just going to breathe in the love of the Holy Spirit who made each of us. And we're just going to say in our spirit, you don't have to say it out loud, thank you, Holy Spirit. I am yours. So let's just do that together. Breathe in. And breathe out. That just feels better for me. I hope it helps you to just remember that you were created with the breath of God. So the Holy Spirit gives us not only the breath of creation, but the breath of resurrection, of recreation. Um, some of you may know that our family takes our uh, yearly Halloween costume very seriously. Um, always has to be a theme, and we all have to kind of match around that theme. So many of our dinner conversations revolve around like, okay, what are we going to do this year? And the kids have ideas, everyone's got ideas, and many of them are ridiculous and hilarious. But um, about five years ago, I convinced Trevor and the kids to do what I thought was the best Halloween costume ever. We were wind socks. And maybe some of you have seen the gif of that. I think it's on, it's probably on Facebook still or something if you want to go look at it. Um, 
I've always been obsessed with wind socks. You know, the, the like guys that are flapping around outside of like a, a car wash or a, I don't know, like a newly built KFC. <laughs> I've, I've always like, I've always loved them. You can ask my kids and I'm not going to do the impression that I do for my children in the car every time we pass one. You'll just kind of have to imagine that. But um, I love them because I don't know, maybe there's like a sort of, like a freedom <laughs> in the windsock that I like long for deep in my being or something. Um, but if you've ever seen one of those um, inside or just uh, without a wind machine to power it, I mean, they're really sad looking. They're just kind of like forlorn and lifeless lying, lying on the floor. Um, but if you put one of those babies outside of a used car lot and you give it a wind machine to power it, they just come alive, right? They just need to be animated. And that kind of reminds me of the story of the Valley of Dry Bones from Ezekiel that we read last night in our Pentecost vigil. Um, if you'd like, you can turn to that passage with me. Uh, it's Ezekiel 37, which in your seat Bibles is page 1096. 1096. The Spirit of the Lord brought Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones and told him to prophesy to the bones. And when he did, they grew skin and tendons and sinews, and they sort of looked like people. But it wasn't until the Spirit of God came with the wind and the power of God that these bones received the ruach, the breath, the life of God. They came to life. And um, I hate tying everything back to the last 27 months that we've experienced, but this season has been a very distinct valley of bones season, hasn't it? Um, so many times I have felt like those dry bones, not actually at the beginning of the story, but the ones in the middle, who have the flesh and the sinews and the skin on them, and it's like, I'm here, I look like a person. <laughs> But there's just no, there's no spark. There's no aliveness. No purpose. And so, if that's how you feel today, if your heart or your emotional health or your spiritual life feels like a bunch of skeletons, if your relationship or your family feels dead, if you're standing with Ezekiel overlooking this valley of decay, I've got really good news for you. And that is this. The Spirit of God is not afraid of dead things. Thanks be to God. When Jesus' body lay dead and cold in the tomb, it was the Spirit who came and resurrected him, Romans tells us. And Holy Spirit wants to and will do the same for us. 
See, Jesus came to earth, and he breathed our air into his lungs, and then he gave up his breath on the cross so that we can breathe again. After Jesus is resurrected, in our gospel passage this morning, and then if you would, turn back to the gospel passage, Luke 24, or you can just look at it in your bulletin as well. It's page 344 in the seat Bibles. So after the resurrection, Jesus comes to the disciples and he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. The better translation of that would actually be not um, he breathed on them, but he breathed into them. Jesus breathed new life into his disciples, filling their lungs with a new kind of life. And as followers of Christ, we have been created in love, and then we have been recreated as a new creation. And like Adam and Eve and every other person, we came from the dust, and we're going back to the dust with our last breath. But now we have a better life promised for us. We have a hope that Jesus is coming again to restore all things, and we can ask for more of that restoration right now. So give Jesus your valley of dry bones. Give Jesus the skeletons in your closet. Give Jesus the dead and the scorched places that need renewal. Maybe that just means praying with someone this morning for that during communion. You can ask for the wind and the breath of Holy Spirit to bring revival to you. And we see the Spirit's power of creation and recreation in our own lives, but the church is where we actually see this on full display. In our Acts 2 passage, instead of a creature being born, it's the body of Christ. We, the people of God, the body, are living and breathing only by the wind of the Holy Spirit. And the flame and the hope and the life of the church will never be snuffed out, as we learned in the book of Revelation at the end. See, God is continually bringing resurrection and renewal to her, to us, and he will present her as beautiful and blameless. The spirit that hovered over the waters at creation is the same spirit who says, I will pour out my power on all flesh, and men and women and children will prophesy. And that is the same spirit who at the end of Scripture, at the end of all things, that's the spirit with the bride, the church, who says, come, inviting all those who are hungry and thirsty and needy to come and breathe in the eternal life of God forever. Hallelujah. See, when we are animated by the power, by the fresh wind 
and breath of Holy Spirit, we're not going to stay in one place. The wind is going to move us somewhere. Give us the breath of mission. Remember, the church was born on Pentecost, but she was also sent out at the very same time. Each night during Eastertide in our home, we've prayed a simplified version of Compline, of evening prayer. And at the end of the prayer, we always say, let us bless the Lord, thanks be to God, alleluia, alleluia. And our two-year-old Wells, he does, he's not talking very much right now, but he's like sitting there like waiting, waiting for the end because he like knows what's coming and he's already sort of learning the liturgy. And, and so we get to that part, the let us bless the Lord, and he's watching, and, and then he like, we say let us bless the Lord, and he throws up his hands, he's like, hallelujah. So he's got it, he's got it, he knows. He's got the like Easter rhythm down. And then our five-year-old Gus is always asking and counting down the days between Easter and Pentecost. And he's saying, is Easter going to be over soon? I don't want it to be over. Is it over? It's kind of sad. And so, yes, today does mark the end of the season of Eastertide, which has something a little bit bittersweet about it. Just like for those disciples, they would have been anxious and sad when Jesus ascended. But here's the good news for those that were gathered in the upper room, for Gus, <laughs> for all of us. The resurrection is only the beginning. When the Spirit descends in that upper room with wind and fire, on men and women, and when Jesus breathes the Spirit into them, it's ascending. And they're like, ascending where? Where are we going? And Jesus says, you're going everywhere. <laughs> Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Because we don't get that picture in Revelation that I just described without also knowing that it's every tribe and tongue and nation in that picture. And so that's, Jesus says, that's where you're going. You're going everywhere. In that psalm, back to that for just a minute here, about the wonder of creation, I just see this beautiful order in it. Every part of creation that's filled with the breath of God our creator has a purpose and a place in this order. God creates the birds and they make their nests in trees and sing in the branches which God has provided for them. The wild goats tend their mountain home. The lions stalk around for their prey at night. Everything is by design. Every creature has a place and a purpose, and a mission. You know, it's almost like someone planned it. It's so crazy. Um, when God breathes his life into humanity, into Adam and Eve, he tells them plainly what their purpose is. What are you here for? You're here to be fruitful and multiply, to fill and tend the earth. That's your purpose. 
And now, here's the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, filling men and women with the life-giving breath of Holy Spirit that has the power to transform not only them, not only the individual, not only the church, but all those around them. And the Holy Spirit says, your instruction, your purpose, your mission is the same. Be fruitful and multiply, right? Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and Holy Spirit. See, that's your place in creation. That's where the goodness and glory of God are on full display. That's the church, right? That's when we breathe in deeply the love of God for us, that we cannot help but then breathe out love for our neighbor. And compassion and forgiveness for the sinner and justice for the oppressed and joy in seeing prodigals come home in purpose in helping others who cannot breathe to receive the breath of God and to know that they too can come back to life. That is a church fully breathing in and out the love of God. Jesus, may we be that kind of people, that kind of church. See, to be alive and breathing in and out in this Holy Spirit rhythm means an openness to the Holy Spirit. We can't do it without that openness. Perhaps that's what you would like prayer for this morning. Or perhaps you don't want prayer for that, but you want to want it. <laughs> that openness to the Holy Spirit. Perhaps you've been holding your breath so that you don't get moved anywhere by the Holy Spirit. Because if you get moved by the Holy Spirit, you don't know where you're going to go. And it's unknown, and it's scary, and you cannot handle one more unknown thing. You can ask for a fresh wind of the Spirit. You can ask Holy Spirit to revitalize your life of mission and ministry and purpose. You can ask to have the faith to pray over dry bones, to go where the wind is sending you, and to be part of bringing God's resurrection life. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you that last night at our Pentecost vigil, we were reminded that you are a good father who longs to give his good gifts to his children who ask. And so, Spirit of God, we are asking for a fresh wind. We are asking for renewal in us and through us. 
bring us life in those places in our own hearts that are dead and cut off. Lord, reinvigorate our sense of wonder in the world that you have created with your breath. And Lord, also give us a deep love and compassion for your world. Give us uh, a mission and an urgency for those that cannot breathe. For those that do not know that they were made by a good God. For those that do not know that they can be invited into your family by your spirit of adoption. We pray all these things, Lord, in the name of the Father and of the Son. Thanks for listening to this podcast from City of Light Anglican Church. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at cityoflightanglican.org. And now, may the light of Jesus scatter the darkness from before your path.